Have a merry, messy Christmas. That's uh, what we're going to talk about in our times leading up to Christmas. And uh, as we celebrate the good news that you heard there, that Jesus is willing to come into uh, a messy world. As we start today and think about, you know, what you just heard and um, think about what does it mean for Jesus to come into uh, a messy world. Um, I want to start by just uh, starting with Mary and thinking about... um, well, what we say around Christmas, we say, um, have a Merry Christmas, right? You say that? Yeah, you see somebody on the street or whatever in the, in the you know, shopping mall or whatever, well, have a Merry Christmas, have a Merry Christmas. Only, only when we say that, we always say, have a Merry Christmas, M-E-R-R-Y, right? And when we say, we, you know, have a happy Christmas, have a blessed, have a good Christmas, Merry to you, all that stuff, right? It would be my hope that as we go through Christmas this year, that we think about that uh, differently. And that, indeed, we all want to have a a Merry Christmas, M-E-R-R-Y, but as we think about it, that what what we really should seek this Christmas is a Merry Christmas, M-A-R-Y. That what what we should really be looking for in our lives is not, you know, just a few weeks of being able to say, well, you know, be happy. But what we should be looking for in our lives is the opportunity that Christmas affords us, that that Christmas proclaims to us that Christmas that Mary experienced, M-A-R-Y. So my hope is that we will have a Merry Christmas. And if we're going to have a Merry Christmas, we'll learn that it can get messy. But let's start with the Merry part to begin with, all right? If we look at... uh, what we're going to talk about uh, today, I'm going to get turned on here. What we're going to talk about uh, today here, I think you need to give me one more slide, guys. Just keep going. Oh, it's not ready. Okay. Well, I'll keep going. If we're going to have a Merry Christmas, M-A-R-Y, uh, we got to look at the experience of the first Christmas with uh, with uh, Mary and uh if you follow in your handout, it looks like that's going to be the best approach here. If you follow in your handout, um, and we go to Luke 1, you heard it read this morning. We get that experience we're familiar with, but, um, you know, it's the angel Gabriel showing up, and uh, he comes with uh, with a message, right? And I kind of highlighted that for you. There we go. He comes with, uh, with, uh, with a message. And uh, we've got to ask ourselves, I think, so, okay, so what's the message that the angel's going to bring to us? And, and our, our first reaction, our simple reaction, would be just to jump right away to the message that, that well, Mary, you're going to have a baby, right? I mean, if you think, oh, well, what's the message that, that the angel Gabriel brought to Mary? Well, okay, she's going to have a baby, he's going to be great. You know, but no, don't miss the first part of the message. Don't miss the first part of the message. If you're going to have a Merry Christmas... You've got to pay attention to, to all of the Christmas story, and don't miss the first part. Look at what the angel tells Mary in verse 28. The angel greeted Mary and said, first words, You are truly blessed. The Lord is with you. Other translations, NIV, will say, uh, they'll say, Greetings, you are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Does anybody in the room want to receive God's favor this Christmas? That would be an awesome gift, wouldn't it? 
I mean, wouldn't we all kind of stand in line for that? I mean, if there was a sign that said, you know, God's favor right here, just follow this line, I mean, we would want to jump in that line. And, and that's exactly what Mary is going to receive. At least that's the first part of the message, right? The first part of the message is, Mary, listen, you already are receiving here God's favor because God is with you. The incredible start of the message is that, that, that Mary... Mary is going to have God's favor in her life. She is going to be truly blessed, and she is going to know that presence of God in her lives. That is an awesome message, isn't it? I mean, wouldn't we like to receive that as well? I mean, if, if we could just know that, that that message would apply into our lives, that, that our lives would have the presence of God in them, and that our lives would, would have God's favor resting on them. That would be awesome. What a great Christmas it would be to experience God in that way. But look at Mary's response when uh, she gets this message in verse 29. The angel Gabriel tells her, man, you are truly blessed. God is with you. And Mary's response is, Mary was confused by the angel's words and wondered what they meant. Well, what do they mean, do you suppose? And why was Mary confused? Well, obviously Mary was confused because she's looking at her own life probably, right? And saying, well, how, how can that be? How can I, how can I be the one who is going to be favored? I mean, I'm just a young girl. She's what, 14, 15 years old? She's just a young girl. She's obviously poor. I mean, later on they go to the temple and make a, Sacrifice, and they give the poor person's offering of a, of a couple doves or pigeons, right? She's obviously poor. She's young. She's poor. She comes from Nazareth. She has no great influence or reputation or anything else. I mean, what does Mary have going for her that she would be chosen as a one who could have God's favor resting on her life? Absolutely nothing. Mary gets the message that she is going to be truly favored, and she looks at her life and says, Me? Really? How can that be? I suspect there's many of us in the room who, if Gabriel would come to us and say the same thing, we would look at our lives and say, Man, that's really confusing. Because we look at our lives and we say, Us? Really? I mean, really? That, that God can be really present in my life, and that God can put his favor on my life. That he can, he can use me for his purpose. Because that's what's happening to Mary. Mary is getting used for God's purpose. And the promise to her is she's going to have that purpose work in her life. Because God is going to be with her in all circumstances. And he is going to move her life according to his purpose. That's her favor. She looks at it and says, who me? We look at our lives and say... Who, me? How can, how can that happen in this young girl's life? How can that happen in our lives? Look at verse 30. The angel keeps talking to her, and the angel told Mary, Don't be afraid. God is pleased with you. And then he explains what God is going to do in her life. But notice how he starts. Before he gets the explanation of what, what God is going to do in her life, he starts out with, look, don't be afraid. God is pleased with you. 
See, this would be an incredible gift for each one of us, wouldn't it, this Christmas? If we have a, a Merry Christmas, M-A-R-Y, to be able to, to look at our lives and, and in spite of all the messiness that we know we have in our lives, despite of all the situations we know that we have in our lives where we don't measure up or where we don't feel good about ourselves, where, you know, we, we just don't see ourselves as being really useful to God, that in spite of that, we could receive a word from the Lord that says, I am with you and my favor is going to rest on you. That I am with you and, and my favor is going to rest on you. So, so you don't have to be afraid anymore about all that messiness that's been in your life. I'm still pleased with you. In spite of all the things that have gone wrong, in spite of all the ways you've failed me, and in spite of all the other stuff that, that I've offered you and you've refused, in spite of it all, I'm still pleased with you. I still have a purpose and a reason to work and be present in your life. Wouldn't that be a Merry Christmas? M-E-R-R-Y? Wouldn't it be a Merry Christmas for each one of us if we could experience a Merry Christmas? M-A-R-R-Y? And see the possibility that our lives could be used in the same way that Mary becomes used. This young girl, poor, from an insignificant community, no power or influence, and yet she's the one that God chooses to do such an awesome and incredible thing. If we could look at each one of our lives and see the possibility that God could do such a thing in our lives. Wouldn't that be favor? Wouldn't that be favor? Mary's response to it, again, she hears the, what God is going to do, and, and Mary's response to the angel when she finally speaks is, well, wait a minute, how, how can this happen? I'm not Mary's. She asks an interesting logistical question, doesn't she? Uh, apparently she's old enough, 14 or 15, to understand how the birds and the bees work. And, and so she gets this message, she's going to bear a son, and, and her immediate response is, is just, now how exactly is this going to work? Good response? Understandable response, isn't it? Now, can, can you give me a hint exactly how this is going to take place? Mary responds with a logistical question. Now here's the problem for us. If we want to have a Merry Christmas, M-A-R-Y, and we want to experience that favor of God where God says to us, I am pleased with you, I'm going to be in your life, and I'm going to work in your life, we have to understand God will not always do things the way we expect. God's not always going to do things the way we expect. Mary is asking a, a logistical question. Now, now, exactly how is this going to happen? Isn't that the way? We want God to work in our lives. We want God's favor in our lives. We want to, want to have that purpose life that God has for us. But we sure would like to have him lay it out exactly how it's going to work before we start, wouldn't we? Mary's like, well, how exactly is this going to work? And Angel Gabriel gives her, uh, gives her some insight into how exactly this is going to work. He says, well, the, the Holy Spirit's going to come down to you and God's power will come over you. And so your child will become uh, called the Holy Son of God. What does Mary need to do in this circumstance? She doesn't need to understand all the details and logistics of how this is going to happen. She simply needs to trust God has a way to make it happen. Right? She just has to trust that God's got a way to make this happen in her life. 
What a Merry Christmas. I mean, what a happy thing. What, what, a, what a favored thing to be able to say, listen, my life is totally at the disposal of God, and however He wants it to happen, I don't have to understand every little piece of it. I don't have to understand exactly how it's going to unfold. But to put our lives at the disposal of God and say, God, whatever you want, that would be a merry, M-A-R-Y, Christmas. And it's not like God doesn't give us proof that he can do these kinds of things in our lives. If, if uh, Mary had any doubt, all she had to do was turn to uh, Elizabeth, her cousin. says, your relative Elizabeth is going to have a son, and, and even though she's old, and no one thought, no one would have guessed, nobody thought logistically that it was even possible anymore for Elizabeth to have a baby. But in spite of that, because God is working in her life and yours, in three months, She's going to have a son. What does Gabriel do? Gabriel points Mary to the possibilities of what God can do in people's lives. I mean, we, could, we could spend the rest of our time this morning going through an unending list of people who, who we would look at and we'd look at their life and say, well, what makes them so special? And yet we would see how messed up their life was and how things weren't, weren't going in the right direction and then and then they had a Merry Christmas that God got involved in their life and, and God put favor onto their life and their life took a turn and now they're doing incredible things for God. You know there's a huge list of those people throughout the generations. He gives us proof over and over again of the possibilities of what God can do in our lives if we just have a Merry Christmas. If we just let God be God in our lives. And for Mary, he points to Elizabeth and says, Listen, you don't have to doubt. I can do this. You don't have to doubt God is capable. You don't have to wonder and doubt whether it's going to happen at all. Just look. God is already doing it. He is already doing it. Just go look at Elizabeth. Wouldn't it be a Merry Christmas for us, M-E-R-R-Y? If, if we could take our messy lives and just understand in spite of the mess that God could do such incredible things in us and through our lives? That would be a Merry Christmas, M-A-R-Y, wouldn't it? Now, I've got to warn you about that. Uh, it, it's the next thing that happens in Mary's story. If it's really a Merry Christmas, you have to understand that when you surrender your life like that, like Mary does, right? That's what she says. I am the Lord's servant. Let it happen as you have said. And the angel left her. Mary just simply surrenders her life to whatever it is God wants in her life. But when you do that, you have to understand things can get even more messy. Things can even get more messy. Because now your life is not according to what your wants and desires are. Your life is going to be directed by the presence of God in your life. And look what happens to Mary. She, she surrenders to this. And, and as soon as she surrenders to this, her life gets even messier. It gets even messier. Why? Well, the text tells us she was engaged to Joseph from the family of King David. Her life was already set in a direction. She was already moving in a direction, and, and things were already planned. And uh, the Gospel of Matthew tells us the same thing. This is how Jesus Christ was born. A young woman named Mary was engaged to Joseph from King David's family. Uh, but before they were married, she learned that she was going to have a baby by God's son. What's happening? Things are getting messy, aren't they? 
I mean, they're supposed to get married. Everything's moving along. The wedding dress is probably bought. You know, the, the hall is already rented. The menu's probably already figured out. I mean, everything's moving along. The plans are all made. But now what happens? She starts living her life according to whatever it is God wants in her life, and things start getting even messier. They get even messier. They get messier because now, now as she follows what God is doing in her life, now she becomes somebody who has to explain to Joseph how this happens. All the plans, all the marriage plans, <laughs> they're all up in the air now. And beyond that, she now risks the, the ridicule of everybody in her community because eventually she's going to start showing. And, and when she goes to the well to get water, people are going to start talking. And she, she now risks what, what are mom and dad going to say about this? How are mom and gonna, dad, dad going to respond? And every time she walks in her room, is she going to hear the, the whispering that goes on in the background that says, I wonder who the father is? Things are getting messy, aren't they? You see, when you, when you surrender your life to God, you've got to surrender your life completely to whatever is in store. And just know, and let it be enough to know, God is in the midst of it. It doesn't mean everything's going to be smooth. It doesn't mean everything's going to be just, you know, great and comfortable and merry, M-E-R-R-Y. But Mary surrenders herself. She surrenders herself to the experience. And, and Joseph, well, he, he's trying to come along the path, and, and he doesn't know what to do about this whole thing, and so he, he decides he's going to be a good guy, and he's going to just divorce her quietly and call the wedding off. But what happens? We forget one thing. Who's involved in Mary's life? Who's moving this experience? God is. And if God has set a purpose in Mary's life, and God has set a purpose and an intention in Joseph's life for what's in store, God is going to work to overcome the obstacles. And so what happens? God gets involved in Joseph's life. And while Joseph was thinking about it, an angel came to him in a dream, and the angel said, Joseph, listen, the baby that Mary will have is from the Holy Spirit, so go ahead. Marry her. What happened? God gets involved and he starts removing the obstacles. That would be a Merry Christmas, wouldn't it? I mean, M-E-R-R-Y. Wouldn't it, wouldn't it make us happy to see God working in our life and, and, and just let go of all the, all the pressure and the tension and the anxiety that goes along with our trying to make things happen in our lives? With our trying to manage and maneuver and manipulate and, and just to surrender and say, God, look, I, I don't understand everything that's going on in my life right now. But you do. And I'm just going to surrender my life to you and let you take care of the obstacles. See, our lives are messy. Our lives are messy. And the good news of Christmas is Jesus came to be in the middle of the messy. And, and yeah, surrendering Him can get messy in and of itself. But, but the difference is God is in control. That God is moving our life forward. And when God is moving our life forward, He will take care of of the obstacles that we face. Things can get messy, but God is present and God is working and God now is moving these lives forward. And so Joseph has the obstacle overcome and he takes Mary 
as his wife. After Joseph woke up, he and Mary were soon married, just as the, the angel uh, had told him to do. And they didn't sleep together before a baby was born. Then Joseph named him Jesus. What does Joseph have to do? Joseph is having a Merry Christmas, M-A-R-Y, isn't he? Joseph now is having a Merry Christmas. He just joined Mary in Christmas. That is, he just joined in that surrender that says, God's favor is now going to rest on my life, and I'm going to just let God have his way with my life, and I'm going to trust God as present in my life, and I'm going to let God overcome the obstacles that we face. And, and it keeps going. Their life keeps getting messy. I mean, the next thing you know, Herod is out to kill him, and they got to flee to Egypt. Things get messy, don't they? But what keeps happening in their life? God keeps working in spite of the obstacles, doesn't he? He keeps working in spite of the obstacles. What does it mean for us? It means for us, if we're going to have a Merry Christmas and a Merry Christmas, then we receive the, the knowledge that when we surrender ourselves to God in this way, that it's possible for us to not only have that purpose in our life, but to have that joy in our life as well. That we can have a M-E-R or Y Christmas. We can be merry in what we're experiencing, even in the midst of the mess of it. You can see in verse uh, 36, as the angel keeps speaking to Mary, your relative Elizabeth is going to have a son, even though she is old. No one thought it could be possible, but three months she'll have a son. And what's the last word he gives Mary? Why don't you say it with me? Nothing is impossible for God. See, you ready for Christmas? That would be a Merry Christmas, wouldn't it? M-A-R-Y as well as M-E-R-R-Y? That in the, middle, in the middle of the messiness, in the middle of the messiness that our life is, and, and in the, even in the middle of the messiness that, that God may be creating in our life, for us to be able to just say, listen, I don't understand it all, I don't get it all, but this is what I know. Nothing's impossible with God. How do I know that? Well, I know that because Elizabeth's going to have a baby. John the Baptist was born. How do I know that? Well, I know that because I live on the other side of Christmas, because I know the Christmas story. I know that Jesus came into the world. And I know that Jesus came in to a messy place. He came in to tell me exactly what Christmas can be for me. It can be Mary, M-A-R-Y, and it can be Mary, M-E-R-R-Y. And because of that, I just have to surrender and trust Him in all situations, in all circumstances. Psalm 118, the Lord is on my side. I'm not afraid of what others can do to me. What's the psalmist's need? All he needs to know is that God is working in his life, that God is on his side, that he has the favor of God. It's the same message that Gabriel gave to Mary and the same message that he wants to give to each one of you today. Your life may feel like a mess. But God can do incredible things if you just surrender that life to wherever it is He wants in your life. That's what makes joy really present in our lives. To know that God is with us and that God is for us. Let's pray.
Father, we come to you today. We ask that you would just continue to be with us and help us in all situations. That we can just keep trusting you more and not relying on ourselves. That we can just surrender everything. Our life gets messy sometimes and we don't always understand everything that's going on. But we just want to rely this morning on the news of Christmas. That Jesus came to be with us. And that when we surrender ourselves completely, as Mary and Joseph did, that nothing is impossible. So we ask this morning, just bring that favor to each one of us. That we can just trust you more. That we can have a merry and a merry Christmas. We ask it humbly in Jesus' name. Amen.